Hey Gabbers, let the rum flow, it's time for the Gabbing with Gason show. So grab your cocktails and join my guesty bestie co-host and me as we have ourselves a little gab fest. Welcome to Gabbing with Gason. I'm your host, Gason, or as my friends call me, just Jason. Welcome to the Gabbing with Gason podcast. Of course, my pronouns are he, him, his, and gabbers, get out your flags because it's Pride Month. That's right. Celebration. Yas, my family. Pride is back. We are seeing uh, a lot of energy around Pride events coming back, you know, because Pride was so hard last year. It really was because most events were canceled. A lot of organizations try to do streaming events, you know, streaming a virtual parade or virtual celebrations. And it was really, it was really rough for a lot of Pride organizations to be able to do that, along with really rough times for a lot of our community members who may be stuck in situations where they don't have that support that they would find at a Pride festival. You know, a lot of people really look forward to that festival experience or that celebration, whatever it may be, uh, because it's that time that they can be around uh, others who support them, uh, who care about them and are there for them when maybe they're not getting that in their home life like some of us are. And um, so it was really, really hard. It was very hard for our community. But Pride is coming back. That's right. Pride is coming back. Now, Many organizations still had to postpone their Pride events. I know with our organization, we actually had to cancel our event because there's a lot of work that gets uh, that goes into creating a Pride. Now, we do a Pride festival and a parade, and there is a ton of work. It takes a year of planning to find the site, plan the route, figure out how much you're going to charge for your vendors. What's your entertainment lineup going to look like? What what uh, special guest speakers are you going to have? Who are your headliners? How are you going to have volunteers? How are you going to social distance? All of those things come into play, uh, not to mention uh, how much money is it going to cost and how do we get that money? So um, unfortunately, we had to make the hard decision this year to cancel our festival. But you know what? It'll be back next year. No, no doubts about that. Um, and there are other things that we are going to be working on to bring some um, some shared time with the community. Uh, other festivals that have had to push their dates back. Um, a lot of festivals are going to happen later in the summer, early in the fall. Um, I've noticed a trend is October for a lot of states and cities. And you may be wondering, well, why October? Uh, number one, it's cooler in the fall. Um, it's not so hot during June. Um, uh, as, as it is during June. And two, October is National Coming Out Day. So uh, there is a little bit of celebration right there uh, as well. And the trend seems to be a lot of uh, organizations going towards the fall just to beat the heat, basically. Um, but, you know, there are others that are still doing streaming events and other events as well. There's a, um, you know, virtual parades are happening. Um, I believe Indiana is just doing a parade and not an actual festival this year. So, um, you know, it's interesting to see the choices that the organizations are making because we realize there is a strong, desperate need for pride celebrations. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, 
some people don't have support in their lives and the pride celebration that they attend is that support that they need to get them through the next three months or the next six months or some cases the next year. So, you know, it's a time to celebrate who we are, celebrate our unique differences and our commonalities. And it's just fantastic. And I'm so glad that we are getting to a point where we can start having these celebrations again. Um, you know, for Pride Month, I really kind of tossed and turned and thought about, like, what could I do? Do I do episodes every week, bring on a different guest? Um, do I do mini episodes? Do I do a combination? What do I do? And so I kind of decided that I would like to do just some mini episodes and some regular episodes, too. So it's kind of going to be like little, it's like a little glitter bomb, okay? You don't know what you're going to get. Is it going to be sparkly glitter? Is it going to be the glitter that sticks to your skin after a sweaty run? Um, you know, who knows what it's going to be? So, you know, it'll just be a surprise. And there'll be surprise episodes popping up throughout the month because it's Pride! And I am excited to celebrate Pride uh, with all of you Gabbers. And thank you again for sticking around with me for a full year. You know, our last year's prize episodes were some of our more popular ones, and that's fantastic. And we've learned all kinds of great things. And so along with that aspect of learning, I thought, let's do some mini episodes and talk about different things that have to do with pride. So I thought for this mini pride lesson, uh, we would actually start talking about flags. The word is flags. F as in Frank, L-A-G-S, S, all right, flags. <laughs> um, did you know that there are over 50 different uh, representatory flags that describe sexuality and identity? Because I did not. Honestly, did not know until about um, a year ago when I started working on um, Safe Zone training and safe or the safe zone workshop, whatever you'd like to call it with my really good friend, Kristen, who you have all heard on the show before. And we really started to look into educating ourselves a little bit more so that we could be prepared to lead those workshops. And we found a great website. Um, it's the lgbta.wikia.org. And I'll have that link in the show notes so you can find it in the show. But if you go there, I mean, it's an, honestly, it's a fantastic space uh, to learn more about some of the more, um, uh, let's see, how's, how do I want to put this? Some of the more well-known identities and sexualities, but it also allows you to delve deeper into the ones that maybe you don't know about and you want to learn and you see a flag that's on there that you're like, well, what's that identity or what's that sexuality about? And it gives you that opportunity to go in and check it out. Um, it's, it's actually pretty fascinating. And I know, and I'm speaking for Kristen because we've talked about this before, but we have learned so much just off that site about things that we were not aware of. It even talks about language that should be used. Um, so it's a really great resource. Uh, also, so is the Safe Zone uh, project, so you can find them as well too. But um, for this specific episode, what I thought I really wanted to do is let's start at the beginning, which is let's focus on the rainbow flag. And I plan on doing some other flag segments this month, as well as I might be sprinkling them in throughout the year. You never know when a little bonus flag episode will pop up. Um, but I want to focus right now on the rainbow flag and how we use it to celebrate. So the rainbow flag, which is also 
more commonly known as the gay pride flag, is a symbol of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer pride, as well as our LGBTQ plus uh, movements. Um, what's fascinating is that a fantastic gentleman by the name of Gilbert Baker, uh, who was born in 1951 in Kansas, uh, he he is the 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 really the creator of the of the original pride flag. Um, he had a really interesting life. He served in the army. He got an honorable discharge. After that, he taught himself how to sew. And what's fantastic about this story is that in 1974, he met one of our uh, gay, well, in my mind, a gay icon, but also uh, one of the first real true gay leaders, Harvey Milk. And if you don't know who Harvey Milk is, um, educate yourselves a little bit. Uh, you can go out and watch the movie Milk um, with Sean Penn. Uh, it was a really good uh, performance in that movie. Um, it taught me some things and it made me go out and research a little bit more about Harvey. There's tons of websites dedicated to Harvey and um, what he was doing to uh, improve gay rights in um, in his area, um, but also how he became more of a, like a national figurehead for, for gay rights. And so uh, Gilbert met Harvey and years later, after they were friends for a while, uh, Harvey was like, hey, I challenge you to come up with a new symbol of pride. We need something new. Before the pride flag, the actual symbol that was used for the LGBT movement was the pink triangle. Now, that pink triangle is the same pink triangle that was created by the Nazis during World War II to really identify and really stigmatize gay prisoners. And Harvey and a lot of the other leaders at the time, the LGBTQ leaders and allies at the time, were like, you know what? That is not a positive symbol. That is a really dark symbol, and we should come up with something different. So again, Harvey challenged uh, Gilbert. Um, don't know if this is true, but a lot of people say that Gilbert was really inspired by Judy Garland's song, Over the Rainbow, as well as the Stonewall, uh, Stonewall Riots, which actually happened a few days after Judy Garland's death. And... Um, for many of our older um, LGBTQ plus uh, family members, Judy Garland is a huge gay icon. Um, many of our younger uh, family members may not know that, but she was. She's a huge icon. The first actual rainbow flags were commissioned by this young pride group who said, hey, we want to we want to we, we want these. And they were actually made by a team that was led by Gilbert and an artist named Lynn Sagerblom, who was also known as Fairy Argyle Rainbow. And according to her, she's the one that actually created the dyeing process for the flags. And the flag actually premiered at the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade celebration on June 25th in 1978. And here's where things get interesting. The original colors were hot pink, which uh, was the symbol for sex, red, which was the symbol for life, Orange, the symbol for healing. Yellow, the symbol for sunlight. Green, the symbol for nature. Turquoise, for magic and art. Indigo, for serenity. And violet, for spirit. After the assassination of Harvey Milk on November 27th of 1978, the demand for rainbow flags went crazy. Um, so a group called the Paramount Flag Company created a new version of the flag that used stock rainbow fabric with seven stripes of color. So red, orange, yellow, green, turquoise, blue, and violet. 
Now, both Paramount and Gilbert Baker dropped the hot pink stripe because it was too hard to get hot pink fabric at the time. So that was really the first change to the symbol that we're getting to now. In 1979, just a short year after, it was changed again. The San Francisco Parade decided to split the flag into two in order to decorate two sides of their parade route. And for that to actually happen, they needed to have an even number of stripes. So they decided that the turquoise stripe would be dropped, which then left us the more commonly seen six-stripe version, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. Now, the flag did celebrate its 25th anniversary in 2003. And to celebrate that, Gilbert restored the flag uh, back to its original eight-striped version in celebration of its 25th anniversary. In 2017, Gilbert later (laughs) unveiled his final version that included nine stripes for the 39th anniversary. It's reported that it was uh, in response to Donald Trump's election. (laughs) And he put the ninth stripe as lavender, which went right above the hot pink stripe at the top to represent diversity. In June of 2017, the city of Philadelphia adopted a new version of the flag that was designed by the marketing firm Tierney. Now that design added black and brown stripes to the top of the standard six color flag. This was done to draw the attention to issues of people of color within the LGBTQ community. Now, when this flag first came out, there was a lot of reactions to it. A lot of people embraced it. And a lot of people didn't like it. Um, Those that didn't like it and still don't necessarily like it today, and that's fine, by the way, feel that it's creating divisiveness within the community uh, because it's adding that layer. It's adding color uh, to represent people of color. Personally, I looked at it and was like, well, that's interesting. Why did they change it? So I went out, educated myself, and looked at it and said, you know what? I actually kind of like this. And I remember in 2017, we made sure at our festival to have this version of the flag represented. Another change occurred on February 12th, 2018, during the street carnival of Sao Paulo. Now, this carnival had a parade called Love Fest, which celebrated human diversity, sexual, and gender equality. Estavo Romain, who is the co-founder of the festival, created a new flag He used the original eight-stripe flag, but placed a white stripe in the middle, representing all colors and peace and union among all. A few months after that, (laughs) in June of 2018, designer Daniel Kassar released a redesigned flag, including elements from both the Philadelphia flag and the trans pride flag, to bring focus on the inclusion and progress within the community. Now, this is the flag that took off and went viral, and we see it much more now. Not as much as I think we should, but we saw uh, we, we definitely see a much more uh, larger presence of this version of the flag. So what, what Daniel did was he kept the six-stripe rainbow design as his base. So the still the, the, the six colors of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. And then what he did... And what I think is absolutely beautiful is he added a chevron along the hoist. So it's that kind of arrow thing, right? 
And in that chevron, there are uh, stripes for black, brown, light blue, pink, and white. And by adding those stripes, he wanted to show the communities that are slightly more marginalized for people of color, trans individuals, those living with HIV AIDS, and those we have lost to the forefront. And he quoted, he's quoted by saying, the arrow points to the right to show forward movement while being along the left edge shows that progress still needs to be made. This is my favorite version, to be honest. I am not a flag elitist by any means, but I just love the concept of togetherness and progress. And this flag, to me, represents where we are in society right now. And I have a feeling that the flag will continue to evolve as new artists put their voice and their stamps on that flag. It is an ever-changing flag because a flag shouldn't be constant. Flags are always moving. They're waving in the wind, whether it's a small breeze or a fierce storm. Flags are constantly in movement. Movement is change. And we, uh, as tough as it is sometimes, need to embrace that change. As I was thinking about all of this tonight, figuring out like exactly what I wanted to say, I started to think back and remember the first time somebody handed me a rainbow flag at Pride. And I, I remember looking at that flag and just seeing for one moment right there in that flag and looking at it and realizing what it represented to me. Now, I didn't know what those colors meant until I was much, much older. I just knew that this flag that was just handed to me at a pride parade, that this flag meant to me hope and love. And when I saw it and when I held it and when I saw others holding it and waving it and smiling, I knew I was safe. I knew that I was valid and I knew it was okay to simply be me. So to me, it doesn't really matter what version of the flag you love. You can proudly show any version you'd like. That's totally fine. In fact, it's it's uh, quite common now to see rainbow items throughout our houses, our workspaces, our cars. You know, we have magnets and coffee cups and blankets and clothing. I have this ginormous rainbow Christmas wreath with a rainbow Mickey and a rainbow Minnie that Peter gave me, my, my He-Man bestie. And I have them sitting in the wreath and I keep it up year round. One, because it's a stunning eye catcher when you walk in. But two, I keep it there as a reminder to stay proud, to stay loud, and to stay brave. I also have that six-stripe version as my new logo to really let others around the world know that it's okay to be who you are. And here's a silly little gay bear to tell you that you're loved and you're cared about. And I hope that whether you are a community member or maybe you're an ally, that you have this symbol somewhere to show that you also are a beacon of love, hope, and support. I know from my personal experience, whenever I see a flag in someone's window or in a business or in someone's yard, that that's a safe space for me immediately. There is some kind of love or compassion there. I hope you all found this episode informational because honestly, I had a blast learning more about the history of the flag. And I will be the first to say I am not ashamed that I didn't know all of this history. We don't teach gay history in schools yet. Um, but I learned so many things that I wasn't aware of now. And I have 
a much larger appreciation, more than I than I had before, for our pride flag. And we honestly owe a huge amount of thanks to Gilbert Baker, Ferry Argyle Rainbow, the marketing firm Tierney, Estavo Romain, and Daniel Kassar. And also a future thanks to those artists who are creating the next versions of our pride flags. Keep flying your flags, y'all. Until next time, keep sharing your joy. And of course, this month and every month going forward, share your pride. Be loud. Be proud. And I'm going to leave you with some words from the great Harvey Milk. Until next time. Somewhere in Des Moines or San Antonio, there's a young gay person who all of a sudden realizes that she or he is gay, knows that if the parents find out, they'll be tossed out of the house. The classmates would taunt the child, and the Anita Bryans and John Briggs are doing their bit on TV, and that child has several options. Staying in a closet, suicide, and then one day that child might open a paper and says homosexual elected in San Francisco and there are two new options. Option is to go to California. <laughs> Stay in San Antonio and fight. Two days after I was elected, I got a phone call and the voice was quite young. It was from Altoona, Pennsylvania. And the person said, thanks. And you've got to elect gay people so that that young child and the thousands upon thousands like that child know that there's hope for a better world. There's hope for a better tomorrow. Without hope, there are only gays, but those blacks and the Asians and the disabled and the seniors, the S's, the S's, without hope, Yeses give up. I know that you cannot live on hope alone, but without it, life is not worth living. And you, and you, and you, you've got to give them hope. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Gabbing with Gason. Don't forget to give a listen to our monthly Christmas show, Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. And make sure you subscribe to both shows on most podcast apps. Also, please follow us on Facebook. And of course, find all things Gason on our website, gabbingwithgason.com, including how to become a Patreon supporter with fun rewards. Other music and sounds used in this episode and others are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are used for the purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended.